This is the Business Owner Challenge with Brady Marlowe of Execso. As a business owner, you have unique financial challenges, especially when it comes to transitioning your company either internally or externally. In this podcast, we address income planning for complex situations, leadership and ownership transitions, succession planning, exit strategies, generational wealth, and more. And now with a combined three decades of experience as both business owners and financial planners, here are your hosts, certified exit planner Brady Marlowe and credited estate planner Rob Wellendorf to help you navigate those challenging financial and emotional decisions. Welcome to the Business Owner Challenge Podcast. My name is Brady Marlowe, and I am excited today. I am just gonna jump right into it. We have our first guest, Jill Sloop. Welcome to the podcast, Jill. Thanks, Brady. And I'm really excited as I think about when we first met a couple years ago, you came into the office, and I remember you had great energy, and it felt like I knew you forever. You just acted like we were friends, and that's how it's been ever since. So I'm excited to have you on as a first guest because I know you'll make it comfortable for me as well. Oh, good. So you've been in sales for a large portion of your career. Now, tell me about your business, Verde Martin, right? So yes, I own Verde Martin. We're a sales agency, and we mostly have clients in Omaha, but we all do, we service businesses US-wide. So I started my career working for Department of Defense, and I worked on facilities that could be profitable. So picture an Air Force base that has an officer's club, golf course, bowling alley. I went in and trained those businesses how to look at their sales process to accelerate sales. I'm guessing they probably didn't have a lot of sales training or processes. It was just, we need these things and here we go. Right. So I worked for Air Combat Command. So I had uh, multiple bases and went out and did the training, taught businesses how to look at that, set up KPIs, the key performance indicators. Sure. So how to measure. And that's kind of how I started my career. Then I um, got out of that. I had a little bit of burnout because I was on the road all the time. Got my MBA at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. And then um, started my sales career. And I uh Worked at a variety of firms, mostly in advertising, and I am a I'm a hunter. I am a business developer. I am go into a new market, start a new product, and kind of blow that up. And I was uh, I did that for you know a variety of years. And then I was in New York City in 9/11. I watched both towers fall, and shortly thereafter, made oh, this wow. big command decision to kind of change my life. And I moved back. I took two demotions, moved back to Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> and was working for the same firm in Omaha and just came to realize that um, there was gonna be a change happening at that firm. And I decided to start Verity Martin then. It was actually called Garage Media when I first got started because I really thought we would focus more on the advertising side. Mm -hmm. But after listening to clients and customers, what we really learned was that they wanted help with their ex or their, their sales process. And uh, so I've been doing that for, what, 11 years now, and I love it. Awesome. So, Jill, tell me a little bit about who you help with your business today. So we work with businesses that want to grow. And you think, oh, that's everybody. Well, it's really not because mm. it's, it's people, it's business owners that really want to make a change and who actually want to grow their firm. Um, and in the last five years, we've really started focusing on businesses that are preparing to exit so who are looking maybe five to 10 years out and think, oh my gosh, 
I want to actually grow the firm and then in preparation for exit. So half of our clients are just regular businesses that want to actually grow. And then the other half are really those that exit. And we work with all kinds of businesses. That was going to be my next question. Uh, Is there certain industries that work better, service, not service? No, you know what? It's kind of all over. It it could be from an online firm to direct sales to service oriented, like a dentist office or even a manufacturer who's then, you know, selling um, widgets. For us, it's really about we have a what we call a sales audit. We go in and we look at the sales process. We do a few exercises with the owners. We guide people in regards to accelerating sales. We never tell people what to do. It's much more that they learn and then um, use those concepts within their firm. I see this a lot. I was thinking about this this morning in a conversation. So many businesses are owner dependent, right? If it's the founder and typically they are the rainmaker or the person that has the relationships to bring in the revenue. Do you work with situations to actually give them a process so it's not so owner dependent? Yeah, that's almost identical to what we do. So we go in, we document what we call the steps of the sale. So it's how people buy, how you sell. We marry the two up for what we call the steps of the sale. And then we actually identify efficiencies Mm -hmm. in regards to that process. So let's just say the owner called, you know, 10 people a day. Well, then if the owner called 10 people a day and we're transferring those duties to someone else, then we want that new person to call 10 people a day. And um, so it's, you know, maybe it's 20 for them. Or maybe it's 20 (laughs) for them. Correct. But again, you know, we, we document the customer experience. We look at, you know, pricing, we look at sales channel. Sometimes we change the sales channel for, to improve sales process. And then a key piece for us is developing those key performance indicators um, so that there's something to measure for every single step of the sale. Yeah, I think that's so huge. I hear so many business owners tell me if I could just uh, copy myself or clone myself, but that's not what we can't do that. These owners, you know, these owners are dynamic, right? They, uh, you know, sometimes mortgage their house, as we talked about, or really carried the business on their shoulders. Now we have to take the best of that and make a process out of it. And sales is the probably the number one way to, especially if you're going to transition your business to increase that value. Yeah, it's kind of interesting though, but if if you were to line up 100 business owners and say, how many of you actually have your sales process documented? Mm -hmm. There's probably three people, maybe four. I mean, it's not very many. Right. And I'm talking, you know, major, like some Fortune 100s don't have their sales process documented. Um, So it's all over the board, but you know, for us, that's kind of the key piece because the things that a business owner shares their attention with are the things that usually grow. So I was going to ask you, what do you often see when you're out there missing from the sales strategy? Documentation, I'm guessing, is one. What else do you see missing in a, in a sales process or strategy? Um, that's kind of really the, the big thing is by documenting it, you identify, you know, what are the components, what marketing tools help each step of the way, what aspects of the business or the sales people skills go into it. Comp is, you know, overlaid to it. And then obviously systems. Do you help design compensation, motivation for uh, employees? And because I often see owners that they'll just bonus somebody or they'll start bonusing ownership and there doesn't see a lot of seem to be a lot of tie into KPIs or motivation or if they even understand how that 
works for employees. Yeah. You know, I have those conversations a lot with the business owners and, um, and I've seen, you know, some people take that knowledge and make a change and some not there's a, I work with, um, a large engine repair firm and they have a sales team that just goes out and obviously talks to, to businesses that, so when they have a failure, they, you know, call ABC company. Um, and their sales team is comped by the motors that, that fail, not by necessarily the number of stops that they make in a day. Okay. And I've always, th- that business has never, ever changed their comp plan because, you know, and I think that's a flaw, but mm. all we can do is guide businesses and, um, you know, we can't change them, but if you have the conversation and you share that, that info, then, uh, you kind of think, oh gosh, you know, and you want performance to be tied to your comp. So sales, let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Was it, was sales or like, what did you think you wanted to be? Astronaut? No, actually, you know, (laughs) it's so funny because I'm mid fifties, right? And there were like three options for women at the time, right? You were a teacher, you were a flight attendant, um, you were a nurse. And I'll be honest, none of those were going to to fit me very well. I also, I suffer from dyslexia. Okay. So I was not like a top reader. And, you know, the idea of me even going to college for my parents was a little bit scary. I did mm. end up going. I did get my master's degree and, and, and those kind of things. So it's not that I wasn't capable. It's just that I just, just was challenged with reading. And it's like just, a different type of focus for you. I'm sure that's incredible though. Yeah. And, and then look at you MBA later down the road from Creighton. Did you say? Yeah. So, but the, the interesting part is because when you have dyslexia, you have different skill sets. And one of the things that you're really good at is talking to people and, and really connecting with people. And to me, outside sales is all about meeting and connecting with people mm-hmm. and just like running a business too. Um, you know, you, we consult with businesses you know, every single day and you have to be able to understand their needs and, and then, you know, find a solution for their needs. So how did you, how or when did you start taking a, a deeper interest in this transition period for, for business owners? Oh, um, probably like five years ago. Okay. So we had, we just naturally had businesses that came to talk to us about, Hey, you know, we want to grow. We want to like right now I'm working with a dental office when they want to double the office and they have this, this exit in view, right. With this whole strategy on, on how they want to, the two partners want to live their life and get paid and not really work. Sure. So, um, so an example like that is, you know, we come in, we really help them develop that strategy and then grow the firm so that they kind of get their ultimate goal, which is to not work hard a little later in life. Um, so yeah, so five years ago we saw a trend and then just recently, so five years ago it was probably like one or two businesses and now it's more than half of our clients. So it's really a big emphasis. And I think two word gets out like, oh, you help businesses Mm -hmm. grow pre exit. Right. And the other piece that we do is by documenting that sales process and especially if it's been in use for several years, right. And they, they've got it down pat, that's their secret sauce. So when they do go to sell, they can show that, you know, the, this was our secret sauce and this is why you should buy this firm right. or acquire the firm. And as you've discovered, sure, as, as I have, there's really no reason to start that, not start that from day one. Why wait until two years before you're 
business is going to sell, start running your business like you're going to sell it. You know, I would, I'm in complete agreement with you. However, I do see a whole lot of firms that don't necessarily, it's scary to start the, the exit conversations. It's scary to start, you know, figuring out who would be in what seat. Maybe we need a different term for it. <laughs> I think people feel exit and they uh, get a little scared. It's probably the same reason people don't like writing their wills. They start probably. seeing the end. <laughs> So yeah. you mentioned you in the past, you had done some surveys uh, of business owners. Are there some themes that emerged or some prominent answers that you uncovered? Yeah. You know, it's, we've done a little over 40 uh, interviews now okay. for businesses that are, you know, preparing to exit and really looking at what are, what do you do those in person or is that just a survey or how do you, no, how do you we do most those? of them, all of them in person? Okay. Yeah. Love to be a fly on the wall in some of those. Okay, sorry yeah. to interrupt. Well, and but there is this this magical theme. Um, predominantly, it's men. Predominantly, they're over sixty. Mm-hmm. Predominantly, they work seventy plus hours, and it's been really interesting. So I've said to um, I've said to everybody, okay, how what tell describe for me the day that you knew you wanted to be to get out of your business, and how they described it was is I woke up one morning. And I was just done. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was burnt out. I just wanted to, you know, be rid of the business. I'm done. And um, and it wasn't fun anymore. It was a job. Mm-hmm. And that's when they knew. And then there's some other interesting themes. Almost every single person, you know, the 40 that I interviewed, um, the bulk have said, you know, that they have this amazing loyalty to their kids and to their the teams and that part of walking away would be saying goodbye to their, to this family. That's probably not blood, but you know, their work family and that that would be just incredibly, you know, difficult and uh, it's scary and, and they don't necessarily have anything to go to. That was the other interesting Mm. thing. And that's probably the one takeaway I've learned about doing all these interviews is that a business owner has to have something to go to, in order for them to actually leave their their firm. Gosh, what a an emotional conundrum there, knowing that you want to be done, yet having this sense of loyalty to not wanting to walk away and then also being scared of what you're going to walk to. So a lot of conflicting emotions going on right there. Uh, and I've experienced it as well. We had uh, a situation, client of ours, and we laid out our plan really well. It was, hey, go about three more years. She's 52. Uh, we'll grow the business and she'll uh, right off into the next phase. Um, she wanted to start a nonprofit. It, we mapped it out really well how we were going to do this. And then about 90 days later, she came in and said, I'm done. Let's let's get rid of it. So even the best laid plans can change. They can. So we had to pivot. But it, once again, it just speaks to start the framework now because things are going to change. If you're a business owner, you know this. Things will change. Uh, so start planning that framework so that way you can pivot when you need to. The other thing is she probably bought into the plan so much that she could see it happening mm. in 90 days. So she didn't have to wait the three years, Maybe you're right? right? Yeah, she started she, seeing the path. Or, and she was just, you know, that that day had come. She was done. Um, I didn't think about it that way. I thought maybe she just totally got fed up and that could have been part of it. But I think some of it, you're right, is that she couldn't see it before. And then once we did some of the planning, she could start seeing it. She could see it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because once you can see where you're going to go, I, you know, what I 
seen <laughs> a lot of these business owners is they're just they're ready and they're you know it's kind of it's 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 very exciting and it's rewarding and it it, it it's it's very gratifying um when they're when they're ready to go down that path so we've talked about the owner founder uh being typically pretty good at sales uh how can this, what you do, benefit the next generation of employees slash owners? Um, well, it kind of comes back to that boring document the sales process. Uh, a lot of times, you know, when the rest of the team understands that process, people step up and, and carry start carrying the ball. And they also have the tools for seeing um, how sales actually supports that firm. So I have a couple examples. Um, you know, I was working with a, a franchise organization and, you know, they did all the work. All we, all I did was ever ask the questions. And, but what they learned is, is that they had this magic number of 30% labor and at 30% labor, right. They delivered great customer service and they had profitability. And that 30% really became this KP, the, the key KPI for schedules, for production, for clean restaurants and for a happy team. And it took six, about six months um, to, you know, really find that right balance. But once they found the right balance, you know, everything was kind of on autopilot. And that, again, helped with the, that next generation who was running that business um, so that they could, you know, take on more responsibility. Uh, and thinking about that next generation uh, over the last year or so, you've, developed a group called C-Suite Conversations that meets here locally and focusing, oh, maybe you can explain it better than I, focusing on either family businesses or that next generation, some of the uh, challenges uh, from that different perspective. Uh, tell me a little bit about that group and why you started it. So again, because we were working with all these businesses that were preparing to exit, and mm -hmm. in some cases, some of that next gen, they weren't ready to actually lead the business. Sure. And because they'd only worked in the business, like say 15 to 20 to 30 years. So they knew their business, but they didn't necessarily know broader topics that if you worked in five different firms, you'd have a lot broader mm -hmm. mindset in regards to some specific Sure. If you're, if you're on a football team and you're playing a position, that's a lot different than being the general manager, right? Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, oh yeah, you, that's a great analogy. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, so the point of C-suite was really was to give these successors more information on these topics. So we pulled in things like you wouldn't think cybersecurity would, would matter in regards to like an exit, but wildly there's cybersecurity touches a whole lot of things or how to value the business. You know, how to hire people, how to fire people. Now, a lot of that is based knowledge. But in regards to a, the future CEO, think about it. They really manage three key things, right? They allocate resources. Mm -hmm. They they decide strategy. And, you know, they have that finance component, right? They have to, in essence, you know, finance the business. So, and if you don't have those three, you're kind of stuck. And in some cases, they didn't have the base knowledge for understanding how things would be financed or how, you know, you're going to finance things in the future. So we brought in some banks to talk about, 
you know, credit and lines of, you know, different products that they mm-hmm. could use. It was really interesting. We brought in a banker to talk about their different, their products. And, you know, we had a manuf- we had a student or a attendee, I guess he's not a student, but a, an attendee that is from a manufacturing firm. And they learned about a very specific tool about financing just equipment. And, you know, that attendee went back to the office and was like thrilled that there was this new mechanism for for financing that they had no base knowledge of. So all kinds of different um, topics that come in, succession planning. We had a great speaker that came in and talked about succession planning, the buy-sell agreement, just some key pieces that they wouldn't necessarily learn doing being a football player on the football team, let alone the general manager. Thank you for bringing it around there. (laughs) Well done. It's a dynamic group. I will put a link in the show notes uh, if anybody's interested in attending. It, it's really dynamic because, as you said, you get the the skill of the speakers, but you also have that peer to peer interaction and uh, cross pollination across the industries too. So you really get different perspective. Yeah. Um, what's on the horizon for you? I know we've discussed. Um, gosh, you keep just building, building. Uh, maybe a new online portal, if you'd like to discuss that concept at all? Yeah, so, you know, all the interviews that we've done have kind of led to understanding that there is a need out there for business owners preparing to exit and what that might look like. And truthfully, you know, we only do one little slice of the exit planning, is that, and that's grow that firm before pre-exit. So, but what I've learned from the from listening to all these business owners is that they need a portal where they have content and then they have access to experts. So what we've been discussing is to creating um, a website that we would bring those two pieces together. And so we'd have experts that would post, you know, podcasts or uh, blog posts and do webinars and do online training and do in-person networking or classes. And then um, people can participate for the, in those. And then everything would be videotaped and or recorded so that even if someone can't attend C-suites, they can still watch the video. Or, you know, if they can't be on a webinar at 9 a.m., right. but they could watch it at 9 p.m., then it would be available to them. So I am working on that right now. And we have five aspects to that um, exit, the what we're calling the the process and And uh, that's like discovering planning, preparing the owner, preparing the business, the execute, the exit, and then continuity and how they get paid. That's one really interesting thing. The number one worry as to why business people have not been exiting is because they want to make sure that they get paid. Mm. And that has been incredibly telling. And that was not something, you know, when I was working with my clients that I would have learned. It was only after doing the interviews. Sure that that is really what came out and uh yeah i love the concept you're, you're learning from feedback and then also putting it in di- a digestible format it, i mean we're never going to get a business owner to go take a, a class or <laughs> sit down so it, it, we're all like this now i think we want to consume as you know on demand right yep um and we're all in different spots too so uh, you know one curriculum might not be the same for uh, another business owner well i'm excited to see where that can go we'll put links in there uh, as well for that uh, jill what 
Couldn't we give our listeners, I know hiring you, giving a call to you uh, would be a great start, but if we could just think about what's what's like one or two things we could do to just to start a sales process. Like if I'm sitting here listening to this, I'm realizing I don't have my sales process documented. Where can I start? Yeah. So, and here's the thing: you don't necessarily need me, right? Um, but one thing I would say is to document the steps of the buy. Mm. And so, how does and just get into the customers? You know, think about the customer experience. Oh, how yes. do they actually buy? And actually document what does that look like, right? And then the next step would be how are you currently selling? And to really to get into your own shoes and to document what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And then you marry the two up and you see where they're connected. So with the steps of the buy, uh, everything starts with a need, a want, or a problem. Okay. So let's just say that you need a new car, right? The next step would be awareness. Where do you actually go to look for a new car? Now you might go online. You might go to the dealership. Let's just say, you know, you drive a little Fiat convertible and you've loved it and you want another new Fiat convertible. Or, you know, so you might just go right to the Fiat dealership, right? Right. so awareness is that next component. And then the next piece is, is what knowledge do you need to actually know to actually buy that car? Well, you need to know price. You need to know colors. You need to know features. You need to know, you know, I'll be honest, I'm kind of picky. I always want heated seats in whatever car I want. And 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 I have to have, you know, my Bluetooth. And, you know, so there's some basic features that you want to have. And then the next component would be selection. Because there might be in the back of your mind, oh gosh, you know, I want a different convertible or I might, you know, maybe I need to move up to an SUV or, you know, and that next piece is the selection. How do you get picked against, you know, something else or someone else? And then um, lastly would be that you would acquire it. And what does that look like, right? Is that an agreement? Is it just, you know, making a cash payment? Would it be, um, you know, clicking a button? Uh, so you have the acquisition and then lastly, you have value and the value is probably the most important, you know, aspect. And that's, you know, if it's on the car thing, you know, you know, do I still like the car? You know, did it perform well? Mm -hmm. You know, is the Bluetooth clear? Um, are the heated seats hot? Right. You know, what would I tell my friend or neighbor about this car? And it all comes back to the value. And, and that's where sometimes you know, if the value is not there and they don't have a great experience, then you won't necessarily mm-hmm. get that referral, that repeat buy. Um, so that's the steps of the buy. Steps of the sell are literally how you actually sell it. Then marry the two up look mm-hmm. f- and, and just look at it. And, you know, you, you can overlay marketing then, you can overlay systems, and you definitely want to overlay your talent management right. as to who fits in what aspect and part of that that sale. And, that's, uh, uh, that's great advice. I, I think most people have at least their sales process in their head. So they do. Um, start documenting it. But I don't know if enough people really sit on the other in the other seat of the customer because we have all this logic and why things should work for the customer, right? Uh, but we really need to sit and think about that that buying process and writing it down and probably even doing some feedback and yeah, and yeah. getting cap- and you know having KPIs in regards to what yeah. are the measurables and the performance piece for each of those steps. That's that's great. Yeah. Well, this has been freaking awesome. Jill asked me before we started if we could cuss on this podcast. <laughs> I said I don't know. I might have to put an explicit <laughs> label. So. I, I split the difference there. So I look forward to having you back on the show, Jill. That'll be, that'll be great. You'll be my first uh, repeat guest down the road. Oh, so, very cool. Uh, look, well, yeah, we'll do it if we launch the, the, the new product. There for, we go. Uh, yes. I'll bring you back for your, for your launch. 
So this has been Jill Sloop of Verde Martin. Thank you for being on the show, Jill. Yeah, thanks, Brady, for inviting me. All right. Thank you for listening to the Business Owner Challenge. Bye and be your best. Thank you for listening to the Business Owner Challenge. Don't leave your business transition to chance. Your family, employees, and community will benefit from a proactive written secession and exit plan. To find out how to start, please contact Brady Marlowe and Rob Willendorf at Execso. Call 402-991-1700 or visit them online at execso.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services offered through Exexo, registered investment advisor. Exexo and Cambridge are not affiliated. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research Inc. Broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC.